say that in the next couple years, they have testing facilities, they have saliva tests that are accurate and can tell how long it's been in the system or since it's been in the system. Wouldn't that have to happen on the side of the road, like a breathalyzer? I would think on some level, to a certain extent, sure. Um, and if you're going to argue impairment, right? So you can be stone sober and have a, a be pulled over because you're driving erratically and take a breathalyzer test and still end up having to go take a blood test. So typically in a DUI instance, the breathalyzer is the catalyst to get the blood test. It's very rare, I think, where the where the breathalyzer is the end-all, be-all. So they're still going to take you to get a, a, a full blood test to verify accuracy of the breathalyzer. I would imagine on some level you have to be able to do that same thing. Right. So that eliminates the two-lab discussion or one of the first labs to be able to because if there's two facilities in the whole country, how do you do that in a timely manner? So that that is for drug testing. That is not for drug usage, right? So it's an approved testing mechanism. It's no different than alcohol. If you show up for your your random drug test or, or your you know pre-employment screen and there's alcohol in your system, you're not getting hired, right? It's the same thing if you're it's, it's effectively a DUI driving under the influence. That me, that's going to exist no matter what. It's a, that's a, a separate entity from random and pre-employment drug testing. Right. I gotcha. So random or pre-employment to pass the test, if you, if you don't have it in your system for 24 to 72 hours and your numbers are low enough, you could theoretically get hired. Yeah. Yep. And, and at that point, you would be in a truck out on the road, legally, let's say. What happens if, if we're not able to test for the DUI at any level on the road, you're going to test positive? Yeah, there is definitely an inherent risk in that aspect. So it shortens the proximity of usage time from, I, I, I don't know what proximity of usage, usage time is for weed to stay in your blood or stay in your urine or those things, but it's significantly longer than it is saliva. Or alcohol. So that, or alcohol, right? So there's definitely... That, that definitely still holds water, but again, against the idea of impaired impairment while operating a vehicle, um, it's, it's not going to be any fluctuation versus what that looks like today. Okay. So let's, let's look at this from another perspective. Uh, so if it, if it were, if the industry were to catch up from a testing perspective, then theoretically, a lot more drivers would be eligible to drive, right? In theory, yeah. In theory. And that would solve maybe our driver pool or lack of a driver pool issue in the country at some level. I think it would help, absolutely. Okay, so what happens with an airline pilot? It's a good question. It's the same basic scenario, right? So you can say... Well, you're hauling people on an airplane, hundreds of people versus hauling cargo and being uh you know potentially a safety risk to the general public sure but that's it's to me that's the same basic argument is that we're arguing about a random drug test or a pre a pre-employment drug test there none of those drug tests are going to stop somebody from using uh a, a substance that's going to impair them 
proactively. Yeah, it, it is what it is. It's it's not the it's not the open gate to operate under the influence, right? It's it's a mechanism to prove a level of sobriety on one level or another that indicates you can do a job. You know, if a if an airline captain decides that he wants to smoke weed, smoke meth, drink alcohol 70 minutes before he's got to fly from New York to LA, that doesn't the drug test isn't going to change that. Correct. Uh Joe what are you what are your thoughts as we start to learn more here? Josh is very knowledgeable on the subject. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, te more testing. I guess as they improve these tests and if they get a, if they get a test that they can do on on the road that'll show you show that there's uh, impairment. Again, you want you want that guy off the road no matter what he's taking. This is going to lead to lessening the driver pool. I mean, what, at the end of the day, more testing means less drivers. I mean, you're going to catch more people. To Thomas's statistics earlier about uh, 40,000 more tests from uh, 21 to 22. Is that, do you think, do you think that they did 40,000 more tests in 2022 because of so much legalization state by state? Yeah, it could be. I mean, again, you got 21 states for recreational, 38 states for mar medical marijuana, it's only going to go keep on going up. Right. So, you know, or is it a, is it a revenue generator? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think Billy made the point before about the, I mean, the quality of the marijuana is a lot stronger than it was back in the seventies and the sixties. I mean, it is a lot stronger and uh, you probably could smoke less and <laughs> be just as high or higher. Billy, uh, from your perspective, does your insurance company require anything? Nothing. I have heard nothing about it. Uh, when I looked over my policy, when we talked renewal and stuff, there was no conversation about it whatsoever. Um, I'm sure if you get drivers coming up hot and drug testing there on the road, I'm sure it's a change. But no, I haven't had any conversation with any insurance company about the, uh, the marijuana problem in trucking or you know how to handle it. Okay. Josh, how about you with your fleet? So that that's one of the, the mysteries and it goes back to that element of impairment. So if, if it's a, a federally accepted mechanism for a drug test, it doesn't mean that your insurance company has to accept that. So where, the, where some of the variables I think are going to live in this testing in terms of our industry, it's going to be when there's catastrophe, right? So if you can take that saliva test, um, at a, at a, the scene of a bad accident and be free and clear, does that, does that move to a blood test? Right. So now you're, you move past that 72 hour maximum window in saliva and you're up to whatever the maximum is now, 30 days, 60 days, probably depending on how much you use as a user, but it's, there's going to be some sticking points with insurance companies. There's going to be some sticking points with employers because you have to agree to, to issue that test. Right. So Billy as a, a, a trucking company owner can still stay on urine test. He could still stay on hair test if he was there. It's just, it's opening the door as an acceptable mechanism to test for usage. Do you know, I know you've talked a little bit, but, but is there a good science now for time frame like alcohol for marijuana? Is there a test now that you could do it and say you did it 24 hours ago, 36 hours ago? Is there a test that's out there like that? So the, the, Acceptance, the federal government acceptance of the, the oral fluid testing or saliva testing is a 24 to 72 hour window where that would stay in your 
saliva effectively. So it narrows, it, it, it moves the window from, you know, potentially 30 days and up and it moves it down to three days with that form of testing. So it's not at a level where, you know, like alcohol is, is the easiest one to go to because even depending on, you know, how often you drink, etc., your body's still going to clean that out over a shorter period of time. And is there something that can flush it out quicker? Like supposedly, I mean, you know, smoke the joint and be able to do something, you know, within 24 hours to keep it from being tested. I mean, there's a lot of different variables too. Okay. What about contact? Wonder if you're with somebody or people who are, it's, you know, it's all over the place, but you don't, is there a difference? There would be no difference, right? So if it's, it's in your system or it isn't, how it got there is irrelevant. Right. You know, so if you're at a party with with that going on all around you and you're not necessarily putting it putting it in your system directly, it, it's not going to buy you any grace in terms of it being in your system. Right. You, yeah, at that point, if you're going to be that close to it, guilt by association from a testing perspective. Yeah. Alcohol cannot, is not that way. You can- no. Exactly. It's difficult, too, because the more that people do it, the longer it stays in your system. So, you know, it's, if you never do it and you drink a bunch of water, you can have it out of your system in a few days. And what what about the gateway side of it from from marijuana on? You know, I like marijuana. Maybe I'll try a little cocaine or, you know. Yeah, is, I mean. Is there any legitimacy to that? I, I mean, I think. What was the gateway for marijuana? Coffee, chocolate. I, I, I you know, know what I mean. So, I how how far back do we get uh, the Simpsons cartoon? Uh, you know, what I mean. So it's like, I I think any statistic that you can twist it however you want. Right. The the other thing to consider, John, is that there's some states that have. That have legalized recreational and medical marijuana, they 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 they've passed laws that prohibit employers from even drug testing new, you know, when you're getting a new employee. Now I know on a, for a DOT regulation that that wouldn't apply, but it's just another level of confusion that's out there with uh, you know in the industry, right? And probably with the drivers too, and and people that are, want to get into the industry. It it's it should be congruent if we were thinking about making things simple and, and, and how do you police it and put a system to have all these exceptions? Think about it. We're asking the government make that make something simple. We're yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably going to be a swing and a miss on making it simple. And uh, I like simple. I'm a fan of simple. So uh, I want to say thank you, Josh, for all your information today. Uh, appreciate having you on. Love to have you on in the future. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, welcome anytime. Billy, I want to say thank you to you. It's nice having uh, wheels on the on the ground, you know, talk, share with us what they're seeing and what they're dealing with. And uh, Joe, always appreciate the value. And thank you. I enjoyed it. we need to give you props for the, uh, the uh, music. You know, the intro music that we use for this podcast. I think we need to.
Very good. Um, thank you guys all for participating. All right. For anybody else out there watching, if you are, uh, if you have an opinion on this, or if you have some information that would help us understand it or look at something from a different perspective, uh, feel free to comment and share uh, and tell us what you're thinking.